Hello and welcome to the BIF podcast, a podcast for those with subtle cognitive deficiencies, whether diagnosed or not, and manifesting in possible learning disabilities, absent-mindedness, forgetfulness, and overall struggles with life and social acceptance. I'm your host, MJ. I'm an undiagnosed but suspected to function in the BIF range, perhaps higher in the range, who knows? I have worked in a variety of capacities in serving people with intellectual disabilities. And coupled with my own life experiences and research, uh, I have been informed on the BIF uh, concept. And um, I thank you, first of all, for listening. It's been over a month since my last episode, and uh, which is not something that I want to do. There's been a lot. There's been some reasons for that, and I do not want to continue that trend. So I'm going to explain a little bit why that's been the case. Um, full disclosure, I have an aging father with um, terminal throat cancer. He's had this cancer. Uh, it was diagnosed uh, four, about four years ago, I think now, almost four years ago in 2018. And obviously his condition has slowly gotten worse and worse. <clears throat> And uh, a couple, about a month ago, I thought I thought he was uh, he was gonna go. Uh, he he got uh, worse, but uh, apparently uh, apparently things kind of stabilized, and um, he's currently in hospice, living with my mother. But uh, things have stabilized a little bit, um, but it, it's been rough. It's been rough. To, I will, I will, I'm not gonna lie. Um, he, you know, he's got to be fed through a G-tube, he can't swallow, he can't eat, he's got to, you know, he's, now he's not able to get up without any assistance, so, you know, many of you probably can relate to that, I've never had a parent go through this, I've obviously had grandparents, not obviously, but I've had grandparents that have passed away, uh, but that's, that's when I was younger and my parents, you know, had to take care of those, um, responsibilities. Now as an adult, I'm more involved obviously in, in, in my father's um uh you know in, in my father's um life. But the good thing is that I have a obviously he's living with my mother. I live I live I have my own place but I, I, I have a couple siblings. One of them lives nearby and, and is helping out and we've hired a uh, a nurse. He's in hospice so uh, the nurse only comes a couple hours every day during the week, but it is a big help, and um, I have an uncle. So we we do have a lot of um, support, a lot of family members pitching in and helping out. So that, um, but we you know we had to definitely work that out the last several months, um, <clears throat> and obviously the last several weeks. So that's been one reason that I haven't been on the pod, and another reason is. Uh, if, unless someone's been hiding under a rock, we 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 had a war that just started uh, at the beginning of this month um, in the Ukraine, and uh, when it first started, it it definitely affected me a lot. I was glued to the TV. It's def- it's never fun. I mean, I went through this. I'm I'm 44 years old, by the way, and I I still remember the the first war that I experienced really in in the news. And I've never ex- never been to a war, but in the news uh, in my lifetime was the Iraq war uh the f- the first the, the, the Kuwait then the Iraq war in 2003 and so this 
uh, and I was, obviously that was about 20 years ago, right? When it first started. <clears throat> so, you know, it, since then we hadn't really had the start of a major war. Now what happens is, uh, you know, these things tend to, sometimes you think they're going to last very, le- very, they're not going to last very long. And, but then it just, it just, it just breaks your heart because it's all over the news, right? So, um, that has been in my thoughts, in my heart, and, uh, you know, I just, my thoughts and prayers go to anyone in the, the Ukraine, the, the people of the Ukraine that have to suffer the consequences of the decisions made by other world leaders, you know, I just, I hope, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not optimistic, just judging from past history, but I really, really hope that the conflict can come to an end, the sooner the better, and so to allow the people that region to return to a semblance of their previous normal lives. So, so that's kind of what's been on my mind and what's been going on in my life in the last four weeks. And that's the reason why we haven't had a podcast in, in about a month, probably over a little bit over a month now. But uh, I've been wanting to get back into it. Um, things have stabilized in my personal life. Um, and so, you know, I'm renewed. I have a renewed focus and I'm trying to go back to at least every other week, if not every week. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to definitely, I've noticed I I sent out an invite for people to reach out to me to come on the podcast, but (laughs) people are shy. You know, I don't blame them. They don't know if this podcast is going to be serious. I don't blame them. There's, I mean, how many podcasts are out there? Uh, And so they don't want to put their, put their neck out on the line for something that's not serious. that's not credible. I understand um, people have a lot of things going on in their lives. They, they have busy lives. They have kids. They have parents. They have they have life. So I don't blame them. So I think what I'm going to have to do is just go and just invite people personally uh, to come on the podcast. That's going to help us, you know, have more uh, have basically more uh, interesting podcasts, more frequent podcasts. I have a lot of things. By by the way, in the last month, I've come up with a lot of a lot of like ideas and experiences that I think uh, or a lot of new ideas and topics that we can talk about including our topic for today but before we get into that I want to remind anyone that's listening especially people that are listening for the first time really if this is the first episode you're listening to I, I really want to encourage you I know you're already listening to it but if possible um, even if you listen to the rest of this episode, if you wait until the end of this episode or not, I would really advise, uh, encourage you to go back. I've, I've recorded four episodes, I believe, so far. I would encourage you to go back, going starting from the beginning, because I really try to introduce the topic, introduce the, 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 the it's not a very well-known topic, so I really try to introduce it step by step. And uh, every episode kind of builds on the other. Until we get to the interviews and, you know, until then, the last four episodes at least really build on each other. So if you don't know what BIF really is or what we're talking about, uh, even if you have a vague idea, I think it would really be helpful to go back and start from the beginning if uh, possible. Okay. Uh, Other than that, you know, if... (laughs) Most podcasts are set by default to to play the last episode, so it's not really like I'm blaming you. Uh, but I would, you know, I would go back and, and especially for this one, I would reset it to play the oldest to newest and and go from there. And obviously, I haven't done that many episodes, so it's not like you're going back that far. 
I started my first episode at the beginning of this year in January, and I did a did four episodes between January and early February, I think it is. So it's been a, a little over a month since the last episode. But uh, even with doing that, I'm going to give a brief recap of what we discussed in those four episodes until now. So BIF, if you don't know, it stands for Borderline Intellectual Functioning. It is a term that was coined by psychologists that, uh, you know, primarily, well, at least in the United States, they uh, write this, this thing called the DSM, which, is called the, which stands for the Diagnostic Statistics and Manual. And that's kind of like their guidebook for all the um, psychological disorders and illnesses. And you can find it in there. Um, they came up with this uh, term many years ago in previous version of the DSMs, DSM. And it, it really what it means is that it, it's, they, they coined it to describe the range of intelligence between the lower limit of average and the upper limit of disability. So if in case, you know, when you look at the, I, the, the IQ curve, we talked about this before, it doesn't just go from disability to average. There's a gap, okay? And that gap is basically, in numbers, it's IQ of 70 is the upper limit of what a disability is. Someone that scores up to a 70, they're still considered having a disability, but along with other factors. And then... There's a gap, and then when you get to IQ of 85, between 85 and 115 is considered average. Okay, so there's a range of IQ. Okay, no, now um, vast majority of people don't take IQ tests. The only people that really take them is people, uh, students, when they first come into to to to, to um, school that are suspected of having a disability. So that they're given, IQ, uh, you know, the most updated IQ tests and other kinds of measuring tests. But uh, most people, I've never taken an IQ test, and I know most people haven't. They don't know, there's no need to, you know. But that's the theory behind BIF. Now, um, it's estimated that, in theory, about seven, anywhere from 7 to 12% of the population falls within that range of, 70 and 85, the borderline intellectual functioning range. And uh, as I discussed in previous um, podcasts, what they're measuring in IQ uh, is not really academic knowledge. I mean, because you, know, you can have people that never went to school and they can still function in society, have, a, you know, have families, work, take care of their kids. You know, that not going, going to school doesn't mean that you can't function in society. In IQ really is more not academic ability, but it's your cognitive, your executive functioning, your your mental processing ability, your information processing ability of your mind. We had an episode where we, we compared it to the uh, computer's ability to process information. And, you know, the, the computers, the higher-end computers, the more recent computers are with the higher... And uh, CPUs or microchips, microprocessor, like Intel 7, I think is the latest, or the Intel 9, maybe, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. The the best processors can process more information and can process it more quickly. And that's exactly what um, IQ really is. It's not how much school you, uh, you know, how, mu- how much school you finished, if you got a PhD or not, 
how much knowledge you have as of facts and history or science. It's how fast can you process information. And when you think about it in layman's terms, you know, just just in life, you hear the terms like, oh man, that person's sharp. They're quick. Oh man, that person's a little slow. Or that they're not that, they're kind of dull. That's exactly what I'm talking about. When they're saying these things, it's either a person can process information really fast and they can, you know, really good in conversation, can come up with things, can really, in conversation, and can recall things and tell really good stories, tell really good jokes. Can In order to tell good jokes, you got to, you know, you know, you gotta quickly um, go back and in your mind and remember things that are relevant to the conversation, relevant to the topic. Uh, in general, conversation and, and and humor has to do with intelligence. Has to do with how f- how good your memory is, how fast you can process, how fast you can dig up old memories and and say things that are relevant to the conversation. Right. In contrast to that. If you're not very fast at processing information, you're not very good in conversation. You're not very good in uh, uh, telling jokes. You're not very funny, most more often than not. And those are that's just the that's just the the easiest way to tell some you know tell if someone's sharp or not, right? In conversation, you know, just by having a five ten minute conversation with someone, you can learn a lot, and 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 you can see if someone. You know how how good their processing or information processing ability is, their cognitive skills are, right? So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about IQ. Not necessarily academic achievement or knowledge. It's your information processing, your cognitive functioning, your cognitive skills. Okay. Um, and when you have large deficits in cognitive functioning, is is where you have dis- people with disabilities. But very subtle deficiencies. I mean, and I'm talking subtle, that don't come up. Don't don't. They never compel any teacher to say, "Oh man, this this student needs to take a test. He, he seems a little delayed. You know, we need to put him in special ed." I'm talking about subtle that that pass through school. You never get you never get singled out to take an IQ test or get put in special ed. The subtle, but still, these subtle deficits do make a difference. Uh, not only the difference that I talked about in conversation ability and, and lack of humor or not very good sense of humor, but they affect your life in major ways. And we're going to talk a, a little bit about that in a, in, a, in a little bit. Okay? So, one thing that I want to point out, and a big, a big part of the, some of the people that I've been talking to in the last, uh, not talking to, but just kind of communicating with via Facebook and emails has been a group on Facebook that I'm a part of, uh, uh, of parents of children with BIF. Okay. So that, that's a, a group that was started about five, six years ago. And, uh, it really, uh, exemplifies a recent emphasis in school districts and to recognize this, uh, phenomenon of BIF and actually a diagnose there's been a lot of parents that have had their children diagnosed with BIF uh, in the last I don't know recent years you know it's not BIF is not a is not a disorder it's not a actual illness or it's not really a condition really it's it's a it's a it's a intelligence range or cognitive level range really is what it is um, but but a lot of 
children have been uh, diagnosed with this, and, and there's a Facebook group now, okay? And so that's something that's significant because when I was in school, I never heard of this term. I used to work as a social worker, as a caseworker for for people with disabilities, primarily children with intellectual disabilities. At the time, it was called developmental disabilities, okay? I and, my, and I worked in this field for four years, long time. I never, ever, ever heard the term BIF. And I worked in this field between 2015, 2000, excuse me, 2005 and 2010, I think it was, or 2009, 2005, 2009, somewhere around there, okay? So it's not in the recent history, right? It's 2005, 2009 or 10. That's over 10, 12 years ago, that the last time I was in this as a social worker. I also worked as a um, supported living worker for people with mild uh, adults, with mild intellectual disability that needed help with learning how to manage their bills, how to go shopping, how to cook, how to apply for jobs, you know, a housing, how to, you know, do chores, you know, just different things like that. And again, I worked in that field after I was a service co- uh, 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 social worker. So I, was, I worked in that field for a, like a year and a half. Never heard of BIF. Never heard of BIF until about five, six years ago when I was doing research and I accidentally came across it. And then I came across this Facebook group. So that's, a, that's very significant. Uh, it shows a trend in recent years that, you know, there's a lot of people now, both a lot of parents uh, and um, psychological profession, educational psychological professionals that are now starting to um, really recognize and advocate for people with higher functioning, lower, you know, low or mild disabilities, but higher functioning disabilities. People like with uh, in the autism spectrum, uh, Asperger's, learning disabilities. That those types of um, sometimes. Um, uh, what's that other one where you have um, I can't remember the name I'm having a brain fart but there's another one where there's the people that have it uh, also have very mild cognitive disabilities or intellectual disabilities well people are starting to recognize that and advocate for them you know uh, and they're ca- there's a term for it now called neurodiversity but that mostly refers to people with very very high functioning autism that don't have very either very little, uh, very very subtle cognitive deficiencies, if any, and it's mostly just social skills deficits that they have, and um, that's been a big uh, uh, emphasis or big. There's been a big movement in that in the last, uh, I would say, five ten years. So that's significant, and um, I think that. Uh, that that will definitely play a role in, in this podcast. Um, I'm going to try to get some people on this podcast that are parents of people with BIF or learning disabilities or whatnot. I'm going to try to get people that are younger than me, but young adults that uh, have autism spectrum or Asperger's or something like that. I'm going to try. Um, I myself have never been diagnosed with um, a disability. Now, I probably... Now, when I was in elementary school, it was the 80s. I mean, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> Dating myself. Of course, I said I'm 44 years old. I was born in 1977. And I went to elementary school in the 80s, right? In 1982, I started kindergarten. 
and I started high school in 1991. Okay, and I when I was in elementary school, I was the first few years I was very um very absent-minded, very into myself, very quiet. I was kind of all and, and what my parents and people described as I was always in the moon. I was in my own world. I wasn't really aware. I wasn't very I ha- if I, if I had any friends it was because they they initiated all the friendships. I, I know that now. So I but I was not fully disabled, right? I could still talk, I could have conversations, I could per, you know, I could follow instructions for the most part. But I wasn't very I didn't show that much initiative. I was kind of daydreaming all the time. I f- I would forget things, I would lose things all the time. And uh, to the point where I got, my kindergarten teacher, I believe, would pin, uh, anytime they would send uh, notes to your, to the students to, to give to their parents to sign, even kindergarten kids or first grade students would remember to give it to their parents. I wouldn't. So what they started doing was they would pin it to the back of my shirt or the, or the outside of my backpack so that the parents would see it. Because I would forget to do it. That's what they did in the eighties. They didn't. <laughs> so I would. I would imagine. I. I'm saying this to say that if I was. If if you just fast forward twenty years, instead of me being born in the nineteen seventies, the late seventies, and instead if I was born twenty years ago, let's say. I have a suspicion that I, if I showed those characteristics where I was very very, absent-minded. And, daydreaming and forgetful so much so that I would they would pin parent you know parent forms to my shirt so that I wouldn't forget to give it to them I would probably get tested I would have got tested for special ed but but this this never happened in the 80s and you know this you know we can go into like what's if it's good or if it was the best decision or not I don't know I mean that's that's for another day. I mean I I tend to think that it probably would have been good, but I never was diagnosed. Um, I never um, I had a difficult childhood per se. I don't think that every, any everybody that has uh, my condition goes through the same thing. We all have different experiences, different parents, different environments, different different childhoods, different developments. You know, different environments, and and I and mine's. Unfortunately, I had a, a parent that was, uh, they were um, a bit narcissistic and uh, simplistic and closed-minded and had a lot of hubris and they couldn't accept my, um, they couldn't accept that I was weak. They couldn't tolerate that I was, that I was uh, less than desirable, that I was, uh, you know, they, they, they were afraid that if I, was uh, the fact that I was forgetful and absent-minded was unacceptable, and I and I went through a lot of um, suffering, you know, a lot of um, verbal and emotional abuse, sometimes physical, and um, it really shaped my life. I was really pushed into a ca- academic achievement, and somehow I was able to do that. I was able to go to college and and and, and graduate. It took me a long time, but I graduated. But it didn't change the fact that I still have these deficiencies. I may not forget things all the time and lose things all the time. I still do. 
by the way. But I still have cognitive deficiencies. I have social skills deficits. I have trouble keeping jobs. Even with a college degree, I have, you know, because I have a college degree, I'm forced to take jobs that are more complicated, office jobs, which I hate. I'd rather be more physical. Something I learned about myself later in life. But um, when you are born with a deficiency, it doesn't go away. It's just like any disability. It's it's something. It's it's something in your brain that's faulty, right? It's it's not something that can be cured, right? In spite of what my one of my parents thought, just by yelling and screaming, and you know what I mean. Um, and so that's 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 me. I've never been diagnosed, but I suspect that if I was born 20 years later, I probably would have been diagnosed with. I I suspect I would have been diagnosed with maybe a mild learning disability or a um or BIF. Now what what would happen after that? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have been in. Maybe I would have been in special ed. Maybe I would have been in more of a what's called um resource center, like a maybe a different type of special ed. Who knows? The point is that's neither neither here or there. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm 44 years old. I'm trying to live my life. I can't go backwards. So, um, but I it, it has affected. My, it has become. Uh, it's 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 the major issue in my life. It's the biggest reason I think that I am still single. That I uh, haven't been able to own a home. Haven't been able to keep a job for more than four years. Haven't been able to um, keep a relationship for more than two years. Never had kids, and I've, I, in fact, I've, I've never thought that I could handle being a father. That I couldn't really be an effective father, judging from my experience as a with my parents. Okay. So, but that does. But at the same time, the last five to ten years, I started to realize. I've started to start to slowly come to accept myself and my limitations and and be okay with myself and understand that maybe I'm not meant to be maybe I'm not meant to be a parent maybe I'm not meant to get married maybe I'm not meant to own a home maybe I'm not meant to be x y and z and that's okay but I but instead I have to recognize what I'm good at what my strengths are my abilities and, and focus on that. And that's okay with me because my experience as a social worker for people with disabilities, I know there's a lot of people worse off than I am. Right? I'm j- just talking about intellectual. I'm not even talking about physical disabilities, wheelchairs, people with, you know, just cognitive disabilities. There's a lot of people worse off than I am. And that's a good thing about working with people with disabilities. You start to realize there's always someone better worse off than you and if you think you're the hottest stuff there's always someone smarter than you someone more look good looking with you than you so it works both ways right so i have to be grateful for the strengths that i do have the abilities that i do have and if i'm not meant to be a parent if i'm not meant to be uh, a husband perhaps maybe i am to for the right person but if I'm not meant to be a parent, or I'm not meant to be a homeowner, I'm not meant to be whatever, it's not the end of the world. And I'm going to talk about this specific idea in a later concept. I might talk about it today. Today's a little bit more uh, freestyle. 
Okay, so that so that's it. Um, not that's not it, but that's that's as far as my personal experience and my personal philosophy on myself. Um, now, what I really wanted to talk about today is, and this is, this is something that I've kind of seen uh, over the last couple months. I was in a relationship. Uh, last year for a little while for about nine months and i we 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 broke up we ended that relationship uh sometime in october last year okay and um uh i started to after about a couple months you know it was tough because it's right it went right after october it goes into the holidays and it's really hard to be single during the holidays. Every, anyone who's single knows that. Um, it's, 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 it's during the holidays. That's when it's hardest. So it was hard for me. And uh, I caved. I, I said, I, I'm not going to go into. I'm not going to go into dating websites. It's such a waste of time. It's so superficial. I mean, people. Are, it's just a meat market. And it's really. And it's a lot harder for men, believe it or not, than it is for women. Women get a lot more attention. It's not like it's easy for them, but we as men i feel like dating websites and if you look at any 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 studies and any any anybody that looks into dating websites and people that develop websites dating websites they know this they've done studies they 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 know this it's it's built it's it's built on the premise that um men seek after women so it's a lot easier for women to get responses and it's a lot harder for men. Men have to be the one hunting. So that's another thing that, that being someone that's like me, uh, a little bit deficient, a little bit um, on the BIF range, it's harder. It's harder. Um, and this time around, because I've been on dating sites before, but this time around is a little bit more honest on my profile. I, was, I, I mentioned that I was a little bit absent-minded. I mean, I, obviously, I wasn't going to say I was going to try to make myself appealing, but I, I wanted to be honest. I, say, I I can be absent-minded. I can be, I'm a simple person, you know. I'm not always going out and doing things every weekend. I don't, you know, um, and uh, I'm kind of a simple person. And uh, it's, man, we can do a whole podcast on, we can do a whole series on a whole separate podcast on just dating, right? Dating, single dating websites, online dating, all that stuff, right? Or dating apps. Um, my point is that in just not only just going out and going, you know, pursuing people, talking to friends recently, talking to my brother. I came across a thing that I, I realized a lot of, you know, I mentioned this in a previous episode too, that BIF, people that are kind of slow, they're subtly, they just have a subtle deficiency, but they're a little slow, they're a little awkward. Usually they're a little socially awkward. Usually what it manifests themselves in, is in uh, their social skills are off. You know, they're a little bit off. Not, not terribly, but just a little bit off. And um, 
We all can relate to that. In fact, people, people in BIF, people that are in this range of intelligence or cognitive functioning, um, we're, this is such a common thing that um, every sitcom that you watch, they have a buffoon character. Every single one. Whether it's Seinfeld, whether it's Friends, whether it's Perfect Strangers, I, I'm going back to the 80s, uh, Charles in Charge, uh, any, any sitcom. There's always a buffoon character, uh, a nerd character, a weird character, a socially awkward character. That's a person with BIF. Except they don't call it that because it's not BIF is not prevalent in the in the mainstream culture. You don't hear about it in movies, you don't hear about it in the news, you don't hear about it in normal everyday conversation. Even psychologists don't talk about it. You know, I've had therapy in the past. It's been a long time, it's been a long time since I've had therapy, but I've had it here and there, not that much. And I try to tell them the honest truth that, you know, I'm a little slow and this and that. I feel like I'm not sharp enough. I'm not, I don't feel like I measure up to my friends. Not one of these psychologists felt comfortable addressing that issue. They would, they would just dismiss it because they're not trained. It's a taboo. But yet, it is a very common thing. You'll see that when we talk, if you listen to my past episodes, it's common. We all have that uncle, that cousin, that coworker. That friend that we know, or friends, co-workers, family member. We all know somebody like this. That's why they put these people, these characters in our sitcoms. We all can relate. We all have that cousin, that co-worker, that friend that's a little weird. It's a little odd. That, you know, has trouble with relationships. Has trouble holding down a job. Is not always kind of off on conversations. When we go to social functionings, they're not quite there they're a little off in conversations right they're a little weird they're not uh, we, we wouldn't recommend them to our friend to, oh man to, 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 to date they wouldn't be marriage material because we're not sure if they're that stable they're not they're a little off we all know someone like that that person could be one of us listening on the podcast or we know someone that like that we all know someone like that Except there's no name for it. There's no diagnosis for it. Instead, we call them weird. We call them, uh, they're weird. They're, uh, we make fun of them to other friends, you know. But they're a little weird. They're a little slow. They're a little awkward. You know, they're a little different. They're like the weird uncle, the little, you know, the weird uncle, the weird cousin, the weird coworker, the weird friend. The thing is, though, if you're not that person, that weird person, they don't want to be weird. They don't enjoy being weird. They don't want to be, they want to fit in. They want to be, quote unquote, normal. They want to, um, they want to be uh, um, accepted. Oops, we had a little problem with the recording here. But the, this person that we know that's a little weird, that's a little off, um, it looks like the recording has been too loud. Hold on one second. So anyways, I'm um, going back to the, the 
the the podcast here. Um, we all know someone like that. And I think the reason for this podcast is to bring that awareness to people that it's not that people are weird. It's not that they're, you know, a little, you know, it's that they have cognitive deficiencies. They don't want to be weird. They don't want to be, they don't want to stand out. They want to have everything that everybody else has. They want to have loving relationships, partnerships. They want to have uh, they want to be accepted by their friends or they want to be accepted in general. They want to be able to function in life, be successful in life, find a, a job, a vocation, a career that they're good at and, and, and do that for the rest of their life and take care of themselves and take care of their, or be able to uh, be reliable for their partner. Especially, I'm talking as a man, that's more of a concern for a man, I think. Um, but um, they people with this they have that desire to be normal to to be in the relevant you know to, to to be like everyone else and i think people that are not like this need to understand that and need to understand that and it's not your fault either we don't know we we're not taught about bif we're not taught about cognitive skills cognitive abilities we're not taught about that really that's only something that a few people are taught about taught uh, are taught and really study but this is something that affects everyone. Everyone knows someone like this. And not only does it come across as weird, but a lot of people think of, of people that are like this as uh, immature. They're not, they haven't grown up. They haven't grown up, right? They're not able to, you know, they, they're not able to hold a relationship get married and have, you know, family. They haven't grown up. That Some people are very simplistic and that's how they would describe this person. Um, and I think, I just noticed, you're probably going to notice a, a slight um, decrease in volume in the recording. I apologize for that. I tried to, the, 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 the program that I'm using was telling me that it was too loud. I went back and I took a break and I took a pause and I, listen to it and it seemed fine to me but i apologize in advance for the adjustment and volume um we'll try to go with it <laughs> but we'll finish off this this is what i really wanted to talk about today is that sometimes i watch tv or i listen to uh youtube videos or you know watch youtube videos listen to podcasts other podcasts and then uh, i i hear people say oh you know this person you know, especially, you know, psychologists that do videos and they'll say, oh, you know, if, if people have to learn how to grow up and this, this generation's too infantilized or too uh, spoiled or too entitled, which is true. There's a lot of truth to that. And so people will, a lot of people will try to simplify things, right? And everything is either A or B, black and white, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they'll say that, you know, a lot of people out there, if they don't have a job, if they don't have a family and kids, they're not, they're not an adult yet. Right. And people that do have children, they know it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to raise your kids. And, and not only, especially nowadays with how expensive things are, how difficult things are, how stressful life, life is now. Um, it's hard. And I, and, I, and I hear this all the time. People that have kids tend to look down at 
at other people their age, their peers that don't. They look down on them. They may not say it overtly, some do, but they look down on them because they, they cannot relate to them. Or the people that are single with no kids cannot relate to those that have kids. The, the sleepless nights, the struggles with, you know, different phases of childhood, right? In the beginning, it's the sleepless nights. It's the constant waking up in the middle of the night. It's the constant um, watching over them. Then it's, the, you know, teaching them the right things and being there for them and, and making sure that they're not, uh, you know, getting into trouble or whatnot. It's, it's, it's a whole other thing that people do on top of working their full, a lot of times working, both parents working full-time jobs or at least uh, both of them working some kind of jobs. It's hard. It's difficult. It's taxing. It's, you know, it's a lot. It's all those things. I can't imagine. I don't have kids, but I can imagine. My I have a, a sibling that does have a child. And I, of course, I have friends that have children and and, and I know it's, I can I know it's I I don't know exactly but I can imagine it's not easy. Um but I but I think that people with children with families they they will it's natural it's human nature they're going to look down on people that don't have they're going to say well you don't you don't know what it's like. You don't know how much how difficult it is. I never get to sleep. I never blah blah blah. You know? And it's true. But I can tell you this Many of us who don't have kids, a lot of us, especially those of us that are like me, that are BIF, that are, you know, a little bit slow, a little bit cognitive, cognitively deficient, we wish we did. We want to. You you think about human beings. You go back maybe a hundred, one hundred fifty years, two hundred years, or even farther back in history. Having a child, having a family, is one of the most basic things, right? Like that's just you. I mean, let's say you go back to the days of of tribes and you know uh, nomadic tribes, hunting, gathering. You know, the men would go hunt food or gather, and the women would stay in the tents or whatever, or, or gather berries and take care of the children, build the homes, whatever, cook. Having children was just like everyday life. Like everyone did it. Like it was just part of life. Now, with the way life is now, it's not. Not everybody has. Everybody's pushed to get an education, go to school, get a job, make enough money, and you can't even you can't even have your own place with a full time job. You have to get roommates. Like it's rare that someone with a with a, even with a full time job. Forget about forget about a minimum wage job. You didn't you're gonna need to be rooming with two or three people to have your own place. I, and I by, by the way I live in Southern California, but even it's getting you know with the with inflation how it is now in the whole world it's, it's getting that way everywhere. So it's it's just a whole different world now, right? The world that is, um, really it's, it's overpopulated, ultra competitive. And in order to survive, you have to have a job. Otherwise, you're homeless. Right? It's not in the past, you build a home, you, you hunt. No. The world we live in now, you have to have a job, and you have to be able to keep that job. And even with that job, you cannot afford to live on your own. You have to have roommates. Right? It's a difficult world. 
And in order to have roommates, you have to have enough. You have to have a certain level of social skills, conflict resolution skills, agreeableness, rational. You know, just a whole lot of skills. You can't just live with people and not have these skills. You're gonna have problems, right? Organizational cleanliness, discipline, all those things, um, consideration of others. You know. So. It's a very different world. It's in spite of the fact that we have all these advances in technology and comforts, it's still very difficult. Now I can get into another podcast of why it's that way. There's a, there's a reason it's that way, but I'm not going to get into that. The point is, people that 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 struggle with minor cognitive deficiencies will struggle with social skills, will struggle with finding roommates, will struggle with being able to keep jobs sometimes because they can't handle stress or frustration, or they don't know how to handle conflicts. They may get into conflicts, and then it's, it gets so bad that they don't know how to res- resolve them, that the, 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 the dynamics, the social dynamics at work, it's so tense, so hostile, that they end up bur- getting burned down and leaving. All because their social skills are not up to, not because they can't perform the job, perhaps, you know, I'm not talking about discipline and others, you know, getting to work on time. I'm talking about just social skills, right? So, if you can't deal with people, you can end up homeless. You don't have to be, you don't have to be disabled. If you can't deal with people, you can't resolve conflicts, you can't know how to talk to people, you may not be able to hold a job. Or you can be so stressed out at that job that you don't know how to do anything. You don't want to do anything else. You just want to go home and vegetate in front of the TV. These are the consequences of having very, very minor, subtle deficiencies with your mind, with your cognitive skills. These are the consequences. You may struggle in holding down jobs. You may struggle with having your own place. You may struggle with having... uh, and I'm not even talking about finding a partner, keeping that relationship, right? And a lot of people that are BIF don't know it. I'll say, I'll tell you this right now. A lot of people out there that have BIF, a lot of adults, right, that never were diagnosed as a as a child, don't know it. People that have slight cognitive def- deficits that are a little slow, they don't want to. They don't want to give that. They they don't want to give it away. They want to hide that. They want to. They, they, a lot of times they're in. They're in a denial. They don't want to admit that to themselves to others. They want to hide it. They're ashamed of it. It's not. It's not. It's people make fun of you in these in these in these uh, TV programs, these uh, sitcoms. People don't want to be known as a weird person or as a slow person, a little bit dull. Nobody wants. That's like one of the worst things. Like like being called ugly or whatever. It's one of the worst qualities of a human being i've talked about that in my very first episode so a lot of people out there don't even know this concept of bif they don't want to be known they want to hide it um and they just go through life hoping people don't find out about it hoping people don't know they can't tell but people usually can eventually once people get to know you they they know when you struggle with life, you struggle with relationships, you, you're not a parent, or you struggle with your parenting, perhaps, if you are a parent, you're not a good parent. Um, people people know it. They can see it, right? 
And nobody wants to be known uh, by that. By that. So, but what ends up happening is people get known as being weird and being immature, and um, uh, that's what ends up. That's what they end up being known as. That's what um, uh, that person's a little off. They're a little weird. They're a little. They're 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 not an adult yet. They're still a child. Right? They haven't grown up. Right? When you think about that, it's kind of a harsh thing to say. Could be true, in a sense. And I'm, you know, I'm, there could be people out there that are spoiled, maybe haven't grown up. But there's, pe- there's people out there that maybe they are in the BIF range and they, they struggle with life and they're, maybe they're their own family members, their own friends, whatever will look at them as people that haven't grown up. And I think maybe this is a good time to 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 wrap it up for today. I think the next episode I'm going to delve into what does it mean to be an adult? Cuz that's what we're talking about. What does it mean to be an adult? And that I think that uh phenomenon of being an adult is universal in any time period, right? What does it mean to be an adult? Simple. Because all of us are, you know, we all go through stages in our lives where we were children, we, 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 we grow, we learn, we go through stages of development, and eventually we are expected to uh, develop enough competence in life to be able to now start our own family and repeat the process, right? But not, but not every child has that ability to grow into that type of an adult. Now, they may be chronologically an adult, but as far as developmentally, some people will say, well, that person just hasn't grown up, right? They're 30 years old, they're 40 years old, they're 50 years old, right? They never grew up, right? There's people out there that have had kids, and people will say, well, that person's still kind of like a child. (laughs) I've seen that a lot too. So just because you have kids doesn't mean you're an adult. Let's, Let's just get that out there. Or, or you, people will consider you an adult. Some people will consider you like, oh, you're still a child, right? Um, I'm going to delve into that more, more in detail, but I think that um, what I really wanted to get across today is that um, a lot of people don't know they have BIF, and a lot of people that um, know somebody that, that falls into this category that, that can be described this way, they're not gonna. They don't know about BIF, so they're gonna say, "Well, that person's weird, and they're 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 immature. They're not an adult yet. They're still a child, right?" Which, for some people, that that can be very. If if that's if that's if you say some something like that to someone to their face, that can be very obviously very um, demeaning, humiliating, and hurtful. Because nobody wants to be known like that. Trust me, nobody wants to be known. If you're an adult and you and you're not and people think that you're still a child, I mean that's 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 a very harsh judgment, right? It could be true, but think about that. It's 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 harsh. You, nobody wants to be known as a child when they're an adult, right? Because that means that you don't you're not capable of things. You're not capable of making the right decisions or taking care of yourself, right? So we'll talk about more what it means to be an adult. But um, 
I just wanted to point that out that I think that a lot of people that have BIF, that's how they're that's how they're characterized by by others. And and in fact, many of them probably have BIF, probably have some subtle deficit deficit that causes them to have struggle with life. It's not that they're purposely trying to be lazy, childish, selfish. That's not always the case. Sometimes people just they just don't have that ability. But that doesn't mean they are less than. That doesn't mean that they don't they're not worthy of respect. That doesn't mean that they're not trying to be responsible. They're not trying to be um competent adults. Not that's not always the case. I know for me, I've been probably I don't know if I've been told that to my face, but I've I've heard people say things in cryptic ways that that's what they meant. And believe me, when I took it that way, it was very hurtful. I don't want to be known that way. But I can tell you 100%, that's not what I want to be. I want to be an adult. I want to be responsible for myself. I want to be in a in a loving relationship. I'm heterosexual, so I want to be in a, a loving relationship with another woman that's going to respect me and that I'm going to respect her and that, and that we're going to help each other in life. We're going to support each other. I want that. I have children? I don't know. Maybe. I better do, make up my mind. <laughs> but at the very least, I want to... Everybody wants that. That's the thing. We're going to talk about... Well, another thing we're going to talk about is the... Um, uh, gosh, what is it called? Abraham Maslow's Pyramid uh, Hierarchy of Human Needs. And that is a huge topic. I'm probably going to want to talk about that next episode. But in spite of who you are, even people with severe disabilities have, every human being has this need for acceptance, for love, for companionship, for to feel comfort, competent in something, to, to, to self-actual. That's the highest, you know, if you're not familiar with this, we're going to get into this. But every human being has these needs to be to belong, to feel accepted, to 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 feel loved. We all have this need, and when we don't get these things, a lot that's where a lot of these psychological problems come. This depression, this frustration, anxiety, uh, low self-esteem, suicidal thoughts, all kinds of stuff. These are things that are not talked about enough, and you know we'll get into that. There's a reason, I think, okay? But we all have those needs, and, and BIF is included in that. We want to have loving partners, loving relationships, loving friendships, people that will accept us, not just people that we know that we work with, not just family members that are we, we see all the time by default. We want to have people that actually accept us and respect us for who we are. We want that. We all need that. And if we don't get that, we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle even more. Everybody will. Anybody will that doesn't have those needs met. So, in our next episode, we're probably going to talk about either either the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs or the what it means to be an adult. I don't know which order, but I'm really looking forward to those episodes. Um, I definitely also will reach out to specific people to get on the podcast. So 
uh, even with my dad, you know, in, in his condition, I'm going to do my best to at least try. You know, I, obviously I do my best to spend time with him. I, I have a full-time job. Um, so it's it's not easy. But I, hey, look, I love this podcast. I want to make it. This is my prior, This is one of my priorities, if not one of the biggest priorities in my life, obviously besides being there for my dad as he gets worse and, you know, as he gets weak and, weaker and weaker. So I'm going to do the best that I can, but I definitely, um, I know there's people out there. I know there's a, there's a, I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate to me or people out there that know someone that is similar to I am. Perhaps it's one of your children, perhaps one of your siblings, perhaps one of your friends. Um, and I hope this helps you understand them better and perhaps not be so you know, be more accepting of them. Be more patient with them. Be, be understand their struggle from their point of view, and maybe not so much. You know, let them slide or you know cut you know cut them too much slack or let them get away with stuff that they shouldn't. But just maybe understand them better and maybe understand. Hey, maybe maybe they need. Uh, maybe it's okay for them to pursue certain relationships or certain friendships or certain career choices that you didn't think they should have before. Things like that. But in, in, in general, to, to, to understand them better, to accept them for who they are, be more patient with them, and then help them if you can. Support them as much as possible. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you were, please, uh, on the show notes, I should have a, the email for this podcast. I welcome any comments. Um, uh, there's a there's a link to you know reach out to me on the email and also to schedule yourself if you want to schedule yourself for an interview on the podcast. Um, I have a I think I have a Twitter account. I don't really check, but if I, I have a Twitter account, and uh, I'm not into social media that much, but maybe that'll change in the future. But definitely welcome your comments, and I can't I I, I can't wait to maybe uh, get into some conversations with some people interview some people, but until then, uh, I hope you stay well, take care of yourselves, be good to yourselves, be good to others, and be patient with others, and try to under, be understanding of others as well. Take care, have a good evening, until next time, bye-bye.